1: Saturday morning and here come the girls Ray and Faye with Let's Talk Gardening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's a perfect morning out there, gardening friends. Good morning to you all. The team is ready. Bev Daring, John Glidden, you're with Faye and Ray. And I was just getting my mouse cord back. It's got plants all over it, so I was having a little bit of trouble operating the equipment here uh, due to the little forest that Faye has created. Chris Bartlett kicked off the morning program, as he does, in excellent form. Peter Kelly uh, was Chris's wingman today. Thank you so much, boys. And as we heard, Jim Crynan has a spider bite on his hand and they can get very very nasty and so he wasn't here today i believe he'll be back next week what have you been up to fag just another day in paradise (laughs) it's a bit like
2: that i i've I've had my fair share of wandering the garden this week and enjoying what what life has to offer the birds we get the the red tail cockies coming in a couple of times a day morning and evening Uh, they sort of hang out in the Mary tree oh what else is happening um the grass is greening up we applied a wedding agent and fertilizer saturday two weeks ago actually and that's doing its thing and i was thinking this morning folks you have to be really careful with your lawns at the moment because the nights are getting cool the growing season is actually slowing right down and if you open up your lawn now you possibly won't get that regrowth to take us through winter so you want to keep the lawn growing well to keep the winter weeds out the weeds have started popping up right mm-hmm. just with the the cool weather and the moisture in the air so mm. if you are weeding don't just drop little piles on the lawn because they will create a spot where The lawn doesn't want to grow. And not only that, they'll just turn over and get their roots down and get growing again. Yeah, rotten things. So what you can do is have a tub of water. So making life easy, instead of having little piles everywhere, just have one tub of water, throw your weeds in, let them sit, and that will value add nutrients that you can pour back onto your garden and the broken down weeds can go into your compost pile.
0: Yeah, it's amazing and they don't recycle that way. No. Yeah, yeah. I'd be scared to do that, but that's obviously. No, no, rule they'll of thumb. they'll break yeah, down, they'll yeah. rot, and
2: and the nutrients no fear will be returned.
0: Of spreading weeds in liquid form over your
2: garden doesn't matter. If you work leave like them that. long enough but mm. just don't get the liquid on you because it can cause a real stench. Okay. I got mm. borrowed a gadget during the week
0: for removing weeds and it's quite wonderful because you don't have to bend down, it's long and you just Hook the prongs into the weed. You'd put, lean back on this. This that's got a long sort of handle. Out she comes, and roots and all. Wow! And so
2: that's good for flat leaf weeds with yeah. the tap root.
0: Yeah. Mm. And so, uh, I, have you got a lot of those? What weeds?
2: The flat flat weeds. Well, not with so tap much. Roots.
0: I, I've got other weeds, not the mm. one you're describing, but I certainly have um, a lot of other problems. Uh, Absolutely. And I didn't have the weeds. Do you know how my weeds came into my garden when I had it landscaped and new plants came in?
1: That is how the weeds
0: have been introduced, the oxalis. And uh, there's another one uh, that was pointed out to me recently. And and it's actually a quite an aggressive weed that's um, climbed, gone over the top of a ground cover and basically smothered and killed it. And I'm not joking. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to dig the whole lot out and I may not have absolute success because it's quite an aggressive one I didn't have these problems until I had my garden landscape they've come in on the plants
2: I'm not kidding Mm. happy
0: days. so well
2: that and the the new soil has provided a lot of nutrients for anything opportunistic to get in and yeah yeah particularly when we make that that hole and create the basin around it, Mm. um, yes, that's prime. That's what we've really got to look out for when we plant. Yeah, okay. So
0: happy days there again. So um, the lines are open. We didn't think we were going to have phone lines this morning, did we? I got a message late last night and I thought, how are we going to do this? But here we are, 94841927. This morning, we've got two lovely ladies that we are chatting to on the phone, Patsy Durek. Rose expert. We're chatting with her about growing stronger roses at 20 past eight and at five past nine. Jo Ann Harris from Guildford Garden Centre. Everyone knows that garden centre, I'm absolutely certain. It's their 30th year anniversary and they have lots of events and some celebrations planned and it's an opportunity to go along and listen to guest speakers and yeah, it's going to be uh, a wonderful week. It's going to go all week long and uh, lots to see and do there. So we'll speak to Joanne at five past nine and she can tell us a lot more about it as well. And uh, we have our vouchers to give away this morning, $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees and a 75 gift dollar gift voucher from Green Life Co., Green Life Soil Co., Gee, that's a mouthful of the name. What a, Green what a busy show. Yeah. And I bought
2: a box of goodies in just because I, I thought we might where, have to where talk did amongst you, where ourselves. Did you, I know. Where did you go shopping? In my shade house, Ray. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no, the... The thing was, will I kick off now? We might as well get stuck straight into it, mightn't we? Yeah, I'd love to know. This, this is my little segment called The Savvy Shopper. The Savvy Shopper. Yes. Okay. So I've been out and about and Funny, always that. looking yeah. to add to my collection. Yeah,
0: I can see by the video you sent through <laughs> last night that you need a
2: few more plants. I Yeah, well, you know, uh, retail therapy, we'll call it. Mm. But when I go looking for plants, I tend to... Generally look for the biggest, the ones that are multi-planted so I can divide. Yeah. And even the smallest one, I've noticed in a couple of the garden centres recently, there are some like little snips almost, just like cuttings in pots. The cheapest I picked up yesterday was a golden devil's ivy, plain gold, just gorgeous. And it's only a cutting, $2.65. Now that will grow in no time. Yeah, it will. And I straight away pot it on into a, a nice Aroid mix. So mm-hmm. a, a, a potting mix, good quality. I throw in some perlite and if I've got charcoal or chunky bark or even some coarse river sand, just so that we've got an open, good draining mix and a, an extra fertiliser, extra slow release just to kick it all off, put it into a slightly bigger pot and instantly it looks bigger within a week it's sort of filled out and looking like so? a much bigger plant yeah, yeah. it doesn't take long at no, all no. um because a lot of these plants they're tight in the pots, so they their roots just need to get mm, going if get they've out. got something good to go mm. into boom yeah, they're away mm. but this little one six dollars is a different bacchia, just grown from cuttings in the pot but i'll get two plants out of that mm. so i I won't divide it just yet. I'll pot it on, and then when it is a little bit bigger and the roots are more established, I will divide it down the middle and pot them individually in there. You know, three dollars each. I've got two
0: gorgeous new little back here. Plants,
2: yeah. And this gorgeous grey leaf succulent ray I bought. Well, it was probably over a year ago, but there was eight in the pot. So it was the main succulent with all these babies clustered and isn't around. That an
0: interesting point? So when you buy a plant from a nursery, have a look in there because sometimes they are double planted or the, maybe there are some pups in there as well. And so
2: you're getting a little bit more for your dollar. Bang for buck. And, and like just quickly, the other exciting thing, as I said, I go through and I look for the best plant. What I came up against the other day, right at the back of the leafy philodendrons that were double planted, looking down into the pot, there was a little bit of variegation in one of the leaves, and it was showing a little bit of pink. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, baby, this could be a pink princess in the making. Yes. So I will... Put that on very quickly mm. and um, put it in some bright light, and hopefully, it'll show me some, some pink variegation in the leaf and what before part too was long. was this off? This was in a philodendron. Oh. Mm. Yeah,
0: so, how interesting.
2: I know, I know.
0: Okay. And today's program is sponsored by Garden in a Bag free delivery and a free bag of your product when you buy six bags or more. Now, uh, Mary of Greenwood would like to tell us about her bigotry experience. She's been shopping. <laughs> Mary, good morning. Oh, good morning, everybody.
3: Morning. Um, we, uh, we were lucky to win a $75 gift voucher from Bigger trees
4: yes. gardening.
3: Well, we had an experience. We drove out there last Saturday, beautiful day, up in the hills, and we got the most beautiful three dark red Frangipanies.
0: Oh, wow. So, yeah. A lot of beautiful frangies up there, Mary. Absolutely beautiful. The staff were great. We've actually ordered
3: a peach tree Ooh. because they specialise in fruit trees as well. That's right. So we just wanted to ring and say thank you ever so much for allowing us to win. And more so, everybody should get up to bigger trees because they were just so wonderful. And their range is brilliant. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Yeah, that's a really nice testimonial, Mary, and we appreciate you ringing in and letting other listeners know what they might be missing out on. Absolutely. And we're giving away another gift voucher today. Yeah.
3: Well, we we can't, but somebody
0: else. (laughs) Someone else's turn. Enjoy, enjoy your goodies. Thank greens. you very much. And thank, thank you, you Mary, for taking the time to call in. We appreciate You're it. You're more than welcome. Thanks, so, Mary. so
2: glad she had a, a nice yeah, experience. Yeah, experience. And it makes me think because one of my new projects, Ray, is edible gardening, but in pots. Mm. And I'm wanting uh, if any listeners out there have got a recommendation for fruit trees that give a lot of. Produce back in a small space. I'm I'm going to be growing in pots. Yes. And I am trying to use less water because of our water predicament. Mm. I want to grow. I'll probably have to move them around the garden, but, you know... At the present moment, the rains are thinking about coming. We've got a roofed area. We've got a a 4,500-litre tank that we can catch the water. Mm. So I've started getting pots from around the garden. I've picked out a mint. I'll wash all the soil off the roots and repot it. And then I'll sit it into a bucket of water. Mm. So that's going to be, like, for the lazy gardener. But it'll grow itself and I'll be able to go out and pick mint. Mm. Uh, And I'll just kick off, like, adding adding to my pots and herbs because it's that time of year you know we've we've got some cooler weather ahead of us um we all need lemon trees and certainly there's lemons in pots but yeah what else are, are people growing out there that is suitable in a pot a small tree you know maybe there's an apple tree that really gives good value and lots of apples so if you you've got a good experience with something, let me know, please. Yeah, you'd like to know. Mm.
0: Uh, Wendy of Rockingham called in and she's going back to the conversation we had last week about the golden privet discussion. Uh, she grew up in with golden privets and although they seem to be unavailable in nurseries, they're still quite prevalent and easy to propagate. I think they're more readily available on the east coast.
2: Well, yeah, no. Mm.
0: They're around.
2: Uh, I... Possibly. Have I know I know of garden. nurseries where they are. Mm. Um and they they're wonderful hedging plants they too. Are. They respond yeah. very well to hedging. I I think they're an old fashioned plant that you know I'd I'd be happy to have in in Your one garden. of my gardens mm. because they're quite easy care.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So no thanks for that, Wendy. We we appreciate that. Okay, coming up shortly we will be chatting uh with the lovely Patsy right. I, did, she's, I was chatting to her a few weeks ago and she happened to mention to me, I guess, certain things. Th- this is a very experienced rose lady and, mm. and she's she experiments too. As we do, this is what gardening is all about. We're always just yep. what you're doing. You're now experimenting with what you're going to be doing, putting fruit trees into pots and you want maximum uh, harvest for yeah. for. You know, the, I suppose your your situation, and that's because you do have a water problem uh, on your on your property. So, but there, see, you you're now starting to be creative, and you're working around it. But uh, Patsy just happened to mention to me when I was chatting to her some revelations about what she's discovered with handling pests with her roses, and uh, very interesting. Uh, research that she's done she did a lot of research and then she put it into practice and it actually worked so that needs to be shared oh so we need to share that information with everyone
2: and that's what what we do we we talk to each other because we've never been in a better position to handle these situations because we have products available yeah uh, we have experience and yeah let's let's share our ideas our our losses, now gains.
0: Yeah, yeah, for all of us. And that's why we like people to ring in and, and tell us uh, their stories as well. We shall return. Radio. It's 22 minutes after 8. Coming up for 10 a.m. will be George Minoldi. He'll be joining you in the studio with a classic 60s. Now, as mentioned, we do have rose expert Patsy Durak from Patsy Durak Rose Gardens online sharing all her fabulous wisdom and knowledge. Patsy, good morning, you're with Ray and Fay.
2: Good morning, Ray, and good morning, Fay. Good morning, lovely to have you here.
0: And what a beautiful, beautiful weekend weather-wise.
2: Beautiful, well today is really beautiful. I think we'll
5: start to get quite warm tomorrow. But yes. the roses will still be happy
0: with that. It'll yes. be uh, forecasting 33 tomorrow, so a lot warmer than today. Yes, yes. yes. But hopefully this is the end of it. We do. Yes.
2: Patsy, when did your love affair with roses begin? Yeah. Oh, probably a good 45
5: years ago uh, when we first moved to the hills. um, And we did buy 50 roses um, when we first came to the hills. And then in 1988 when we'd moved here, um, it, we just filled the whole
2: property with roses. Oh, how, how lovely. Oh, Does it take a lot to maintain that many roses? Yes, it does. Yes.
0: It <laughs> takes a huge amount of time and effort. Yeah, do not beat around the bush. It's hard work. Right.
5: Um, it is hard work. Well, it's constant work, yeah. but it is always work that you know You know what you have to do. It's not a surprise. Um, You just have to constantly uh, deadhead. I think it's very important if you want five or six flushes per year or in the season, you must just constantly
2: deadhead. So is that a daily task? Yes, it's a daily task.
5: Um,
2: And
5: um, I'm always saying to people, you have to realise that you must Aim for about 40 centimetres, 30 to 40 centimetres, so that you get a good stem, um, if, particularly if you want to pick them. A lot of people think they can just cut a few uh, inches off, and that's yeah. not
0: good enough. It's
2: not yeah. how it's done. So no. when you go out, and, and deadheading can also be, I guess, uh, picking vases for flowers, so picking them while they're, they're still fresh enough to enjoy in the house?
5: Yes, so in that case you've got to pick um, as from a bud and then bring them inside and you should always snip the ends before you pop them into water to get the longest life out of them.
2: Okay, so you do that straight away?
5: Yes, uh, I think that's very important. I actually think it's very good to take the thorns off and I do occasionally do that for something special but just on the home front I don't bother.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, when you and I were chatting a few weeks ago, Patsy, you mentioned that you discovered, uh, I suppose, a methodology in association with aphid attacks on your roses, of which you've had, you know, over the years you've had issues with. Yes, and so yes. we thought we'd we'd share your findings uh, with with our listeners.
5: All right. Well, um, yes, we the aphids this year were the worst that we've had,
0: Mm.
5: other than about 20 years ago. We did get them very badly a good 20 years ago. Our policy here has been for the past 30-plus years, uh, about 33 years probably, that we have not sprayed. We did initially spray and then we stopped spraying. Um, And I must say, this year I thought I really have lost... um, um, I'm not winning here at all. The aphids were appalling. And I realised they were very bad everywhere. Um, in fact, people loved coming to see that we had aphids too.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's right, because sometimes we think that it doesn't happen to people like you. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly.
5: It was terrible. Mm. And then I did, in the end, I felt
0: panicked, really. And, yeah, um, I can understand I that. Found,
5: something on the internet that said if you really fed them up with different products this could work. So I used three products that we do use in the garden. Um, I started off with a tonic um, which I uh, gave every rose a couple of handfuls Um, and then uh, two weeks later I have Graham here on a Friday and he uh, put a probiotic on the roses and then two weeks later we fertilised and it was amazing. We did have a huge win. We we really did. They disappeared um, really very quickly so we then had people coming in and saying this is amazing because sometimes we get people in the beginning of the season that come... And then they wanted to come a few weeks later and the aphids had all gone. So it, it really did work for us.
2: Do you think, had you seen ladybirds or other predators in your garden? Like, could it have coincided?
5: That, um, you know, people are always saying, why don't you do this and do that? I would never do anything because of getting it would get rid of the ladybirds. Um, it I think it was very cold here in the hills too that kept the ladybirds and the hoverflies, um, oh. they, they weren't out at yes. that time because that, they really do a wonderful
2: job. Mm. Um,
5: but they certainly, they've been in abundance ever since. Yeah.
2: So the people that were so surprised about your plants, was it because they looked so healthy or the fact that the aphids had disappeared uh
5: both they look really really healthy um and that also it was amazing when they disappeared they disappeared really pretty quickly Mm, by
0: by boosting up the program for for your roses so that was a tonic a probiotic and then a good fertilizer and i remember you saying to me you went pretty mad with it all Yes, yeah. we uh, we really did. And your roses became stronger for it, and you were saying that the buds became uh, bigger and it, everything. would just uh, was like it was, I guess, on steroids. And then the aphids just basically said all too hard. That's right.
5: That's exactly right. Mm. Yeah, and it was it was a very quick demise of the aphids after that.
2: Well, Patsy, I'm so pleased because I know yeah. people come to us and they. You know they want the answer, and you've taken a positive approach. You've taken the bull by the horns and really tackled it in a way that isn't going to harm the beneficial insects. Um, yes. And the results been outstanding, by the sounds of it.
5: Yes, they they really were, and it's so important to have those ladybirds and hoverflies and. I mean, those ladybirds do a wonderful job in the garden, I think.
0: And how have you got on? I know you said you had a a, a touch of chilli-thrip. How has that yeah. come to hand?
5: So we've
0: broken our
5: golden rule. Yeah, understood. We have for the, which was terrible, but we have sprayed in that bed. It's just in one bed.
0: Area, yeah.
5: Um, I must say... Um, it's well. It has worked. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it. It certainly did work. Um, they have it's jumped to a couple of other roses because it's very close. This bed to a, another line of roses that run along the fence. Mm. Um, not all of them. Um, I do think it's so important to overhead water. Yeah. Um, and I'm. I do actually get the hose out and just go up and down. I don't know whether I'm going to win with that or, or what, um, but overhead watering anyway is so important for roses. Um, for roses, yeah, I can't stress that enough. That really is important.
0: It's a very, very um, good, good point, Patsy, and uh, very interesting, I'm sure, for our listeners to to hear this from, you know, a lady who's dealt with roses for so so many years and and you've had to you know have some have some quick lessons as well because up until now you've escaped or the hills i should say has escaped chili thrips so uh yeah yeah, we're down here on the flats as they call it we've all had you know problems for the last few years so you guys have been quite lucky and of course you have the most magnificent show garden so absolutely understand and it's too much hard work to allow something to come in and just wipe it out on you I yeah.
2: yes. I know with um, I think one of the important messages too is hygiene in the garden and the lengths that you go to at pruning time to clean up everything to avoid black spot. Um yes. can you tell us about what the, um, the process is? Yes, so is?
5: when we prune, um, uh, we uh, Graham who comes on a Friday actually does the pruning and then. Uh, we pick up absolutely every single leaf, everything. Um, We leave nothing on the ground whatsoever um, and get rid of that. I've even got my grandchildren now that come and do that and that takes about 10 days straight. Um, And up until last year, this is interesting, we have always painted every single cut um with pruning um paint it's uh, stereo paint we just get it from uh, a supplier up here but we didn't last year and the interesting thing is we did have a little bit of dieback throughout the garden not a lot but we did have a little bit but we do clean up absolutely everything and there's not a leaf in sight
2: by the mm. time we finish pruning mm, so that's a good lesson for everyone
5: Yes, I, th- I think that's really important um, that you do clean up everything in your garden when you prune.
2: So, what's your your program for going forward? Um, having used the the tonic, the probiotic, and the fertilizer, how often do you use all these products? Mm-hmm. Um, and are you getting uh, the like probiotic? Yeah. Oh, sorry,
5: um, the probiotic. We actually use that for black spot if we ever get black spot the amazing thing is this year touch wood
2: we've not seen any black spot this year Mm.
5: well Um, it's been been, so
2: dry hasn't it 14 weeks of dry and we've had the worst winds
5: in a good 25 years here Mm. Um, but anyway we just haven't had black spot but that's what we do use it for um and going forward, I think next spring, if I see aphids, we might just repeat what we did this year, yeah um, I would wait a little bit I, if I just had a bed with aphids, I mightn't go down that line, but I certainly think if i uh, I wouldn't let them get to the point they did um this mm. last season.
0: And so with your fertilising program, your roses, obviously it's like I I describe your garden as a show garden. How often do you fertilise?
5: Oh, we do fertilise. When we first um, prune, just after we prune, we start off with the tonic. We don't actually fertilise straight away. And then we start the fertilising and we fertilise every six weeks except for when we get into February when it's really hot yeah. and we don't. Not and encouraging growth. And we go back growth. to the tonic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Um, the garden often looks at its best in February, really. It just looks very
2: relaxed, um, I think. I know that's a funny word to use, but it does. Happy. Hmm. Yes. Now, Patsy, I have another question. When you're having an event, a special event, how how many days before a special event do you prune your roses to get the, the flush. flush? Oh, to get the flush? Um,
5: between five and six
2: weeks.
0: Okay. In hmm. advance. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, I
2: was thinking it would be 42 days, days yeah. and I told a friend hmm. to do that but she missed it. Like, well, the, the roses didn't perform on that day. And, and, like, that's <laughs> not fair. Um, is it weather related or lack of food, lack of water? Mm. Um,
5: I think you do need the five to six weeks. Uh, five weeks, really. You, you it's five to six weeks. Yeah. Mm. They vary. They, they can vary, of course, each yes. rose varies.
0: Yes. And it might vary with regard to the type of rose, be whether it's a, I don't know, a tea rose or a floribunda. Would that be the case?
5: Um, no. no, I think it's more the breed of rose. Right, and right. It's just the variety of the rose, Yeah. Okay, um,
0: yes. You can have
5: two roses together and you know that one's going to... Have the next flush quicker than the ones inside?
0: This is true. I have that in my own my own garden. Mm. And
2: yes. what would you recommend as the best performer, or best flower, <sighs> or easiest? Do you have a favourite? Oh,
5: I, I I still like, which is really strange, um, because um, it doesn't actually have a perfume, but I love ornament of roses for picking. Yes. Um, I think it's got the most beautiful form and colour and the leaves are such a rich green, but it doesn't have a perfume and I love roses with a perfume.
0: But as, as, a, as a rose think, to put in a vase, you like it?
5: Yes, I really like it. And, it's, you know, in life you can't have everything and that's what I always say, you can't have everything with a rose sometimes either.
2: Okay. You um, put up a photo of a pink rose, a a cluster of flowers this week. Which one was that? That's tournament of roses. Oh well
0: there tournament. You
2: go. Mm. tournament. Okay. We yeah. like that.
5: Okay. Um, like, sorry? Sorry, I mean I like lots of lots of roses for different reasons. Like I love Princess Alexander of Kent. I just think that's got a beautiful form. Um and I still like old Mr. Lincoln just for the person.
2: Yeah, yeah he's a performer. Yeah. Yeah. He's a performer. Yeah. Yes. We, we can't do favourites, can we? we? No. We love them no. for all different reasons. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. All right,
0: we'll let you get back to your weekend, Patsy. Thank all you right. for sharing your findings and your wisdom with us and we hope to chat with you again soon. You look after yourself.
6: You
5: too. All right. En- enjoy thank your you, weekend.
0: Thank you. Enjoy
6: yours too.
0: Thanks, thank you. Cheers, bye. bye. She's a very nice lady, very down to earth, Patsy. And uh yeah, she's a stalwart of the industry, isn't she? She is. As a rose lady. Yes.
2: Well I wonder I wonder how long she's been doing what she's been doing, sharing sharing her garden with mm. people. I know our Perth Garden Club went there Many years ago, yeah, and she had the property over the road as well. Oh, That's it was right.
0: outstanding, yeah mm. the work, it just must be an incredible amount of work. Well, she, she's saying, you know it obviously yes. is, there's don't no, yeah, there's no there's no shortcuts. She's an icon, and, and she does Ray. it properly, she does it properly. And, uh, and she has the same battles that we all have. And that sometimes, I won't say it's refreshing to know or a relief to know, <laughs> but uh, yes, and uh, how that she's managing it. And uh, it was when I was speaking to her a few weeks ago, I thought, well, no, this is really interesting. She's overcome mm. some obstacles. And because she has such an extensive garden, yeah, she's, you know.
2: Yeah. No, it's, we, we have talked about building up the soil before with probiotics. We probably don't talk about enough about yeah. them enough so maybe yeah. that's a a good topic for another week yes okay Nine
0: four eight four one nine two seven. when we return we're chatting with wayne and shirley
4: Radio.
0: you're with ray and faye this is let's talk gardening we're going straight out to the lines we're in success wayne good morning and thanks for waiting
1: good morning ray and faye nice to meet you guys i've got a go garden dispute uh with my wife judy
2: oh we're getting in the middle of a domestic situation here
1: oh uh, no nothing like that i think she wants to actually explain to you ladies if she could uh could i pass on my wife to judy to yep. the lady
7: yes okay, sure good morning ladies this is judy good morning i'm hoping that he can help sort out this dispute that we've been having for a little while We've got a very small backyard, back garden, and we have planted a plum tree a few months ago that's doing really well. Uh, We happened to be given a gift um, of a tiny little seedling of a fig tree, which we just popped in close to the plum tree, hoping that it might take. It has taken quite beautifully, and it's just a little over a meter away from the plum tree, which is right against the fence, our back fence. So My um, question here is, Um, I was actually thinking that they're too close to each other and they wouldn't have space to grow. So I was hoping to move the plum tree a little bit further away because it does have space to move towards the right. So it moves a little further from the fig tree, which has nowhere to move at the moment. It's just stuck where it is. Um, My husband, Wayne, thinks everything's fine as it is. Um, But I'm thinking of the future and the space that both trees would need to grow.
2: So what do you think? Uh, I... I think i'm with you judy i think i would move one but how long has the plum tree been there i would say about three months or so oh okay all right so not long so um well what you need to do is work out what their end size is going to get to and make sure there's enough room for them now a fig tree i wouldn't put too close to a fence but on the upside you can can control the size of your trees with pruning, okay? So that's what you've got in your favour. But certainly they're they're vigorous trees, uh, both of them. I imagine unless it's a a dwarf plum, then it can get very big. But you can prune it and the same with the fig. Um, Yeah, I think
7: yeah we're so stuck with space and we really like having the fruit trees. You've also got a cat net on the top. So the poor trees are restricted with a fence on one end and the cat net on the top. And so I think we we will need to prune them quite a lot. So I'm trying to do the best for them with the circumstances they are in.
4: Mm,
2: okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I love fig trees and you can be really harsh wi- okay. with it. I would also look at considering how well they would do in pots um because this and i'm looking at it very seriously now so i'll I'll be pushing the boundaries uh and how big a pot we're talking about Mm -hmm. and one of the the most water efficient methods of growing trees or or anything is in something like a wicking bed and so you can go quite big as far as a, a pot like there are what are called IBCs or industrial bulk containers and they're a 1,000-litre square plastic um, tub where they transport things all around the world and yeah, they're yeah. contained in a cage. So half of one of those or with the top cut off, you you know, that sort of space or that sort of yeah. principle you could consider certainly growing some very large trees.
7: Okay was funnily enough, we've actually got a mango tree that's doing very, very well at the moment in a pot. I don't think the pot's as large as you're describing. No.
6: But it's,
7: it's, a, very, it's a very little tree. It's probably less than two metres high. Um, but it's got about seven or eight really big mangoes on it. And we're actually travelling in, in three weeks' time, and they're nowhere near ready at the moment. And a friend has told us that if we want to enjoy them, it's our first crop as well, if we want to enjoy them, we take it out of, and... The dark place for a few days and they would ripen, and so we can enjoy them before we leave. Would you agree with that? Would that work for us?
2: If they have to be big enough and and ready enough for them to be able to ripen off the tree, but you can also use them to make something like a, a green chutney, green mango yeah, chutney.
7: Because, yeah, yeah, for sure, but we, we really, really wanted to eat them, so it's unfortunate that we're
2: traveling and they're not really ready yet. Well, are they? Are they the right size? And if you squeeze them, how hard are they?
7: I haven't tried squeezing them, but mm. one of them I think is quite large, but it's very green. And I have touched it, but I haven't squeezed it, but it does feel very firm. So I think it's, I'm, I kind of almost think it might still be pretty much as it is or not, not too close to being ready till we come back. Because we are coming back at the end of April. Will it be worth just leaving them on the tree and, and seeing how they go? I th- I think
2: so. Uh, I'd probably yeah. get someone to check them. And the other thing I would do yeah. is get some bags on them to protect them from birds and rats. a uh, plastic bag? No, net bags. Oh, net bags. Yeah. We
7: and do it, have a cat net, so I don't think birds are going to get in, but insects and other things might.
2: Well, and rats are pretty... Um, okay. Yeah, they might be a problem attach your net bags to the stem so if the fruit do do fall from the tree they're caught in the bags and they'll hang on the tree. Okay
7: yeah okay I think we might just do that and put something around it and I think with with the weather getting a bit cooler as well they might take a little longer to to, to ripen so they might still be okay on the tree till we come back.
2: Yeah I'd leave them on the tree as long as you can.
7: Okay all right
2: well thank you so much for your help I
7: think you've Help to sort out the dispute quite a little bit. <laughs> <Good>. You're welcome, <laughs> Wade and Judy. Right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You <laughs>
0: too. Take care. Bye. 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 All right. And we're heading to Wanneroo. We're talking about a cherry tree. Shirley, good morning.
6: Good morning, girl. Morning. Morning. I was given a cherry tree last year. Uh, quite late last year actually. And it, it has grown beautifully. But the main, there's only three branches on it, and the, the middle branch has just grown, oh, it's about four metres high already. Wow. And I'm a little bit concerned that, you know, the, the wind in winter and everything, it's
2: going to snap off, and I'm just wondering, can I prune it down? Or you You certainly can, and the benefit of doing it now is, what we call uh, summer pruning rather than winter when it's lost all its leaves. And yes. by doing it now, you won't get the same sort of rampant regrowth. Uh, now would be a good time to to train up your tree. Um,
6: and how much would you suggest I uh, prune it back?
2: Well, what I would consider with with any tree is the risk of attack from... Anything like birds, insects, whether it be fruit fly, uh, rats, etc., and also the height for picking. So, particularly as we get older, we don't really want to be climbing up a ladder to pick our trees.
0: No, absolutely
2: not. So you would keep the size what you could reach. Now, uh-huh. having said that, do you know what variety of tree it is, Shirley?
6: Yes, it's a royal crimson.
2: Carry it says. Okay. The other thing that I will do at some stage is, is look up uh, the success of this type of tree in Perth because there are many fruit trees available. Sometimes they don't get the chill factor that they need. And so Wannaroo... Wanneroo has a good chill factor. Uh,
0: that's a fact, but it mm, depends on the, on the variety. On the variety. That. Yeah. yeah, that's mm.
2: right. So, um Yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll get John to look that up and see if that's one of the preferred varieties for an area like Wanneroo.
6: Well, I've got the original card here that came with the tree and it does say it's a low chill hour. Okay.
0: okay, that's good. Yep, great.
6: Yeah, And I think this is why uh, my daughter-in-law picked it is because of that reason, being in Wanneroo and that um and she also brought one for herself at the same time. It was a birthday present and
2: yes. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, Shelley, because sometimes, you know, we pick up trees because we we like the idea but then the, the, find the out they're not suitable. Is different. And and I would love to hear from our listeners who is getting good results with, for example, cherries and what they're they're growing um, in their areas. Are. Mm. Mm. Thank yeah. you very much. Okay, fine. Thank
6: you. Okay. You'll
0: do that now. <laughs> good luck, okay. Shirley. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay, short break. When we return, we are chatting with Lorraine. Cutting radio in Perth. We'll be heading for the 9am news very, very soon. We are in Wanneroo. Again, Lorraine, good morning. Oh, good morning.
5: Uh, you were just talking to a rose
0: lady. Yes, Patsy Durack. She was, she was talking
5: about tonic
0: and yes. probiotics and all that. What is it? Oh, okay. Well, the tonic will be go-go juice. No, the, pro- no, the probiotic is go-go juice. The tonic will be Mungus, and the rose product that I know she likes to use is Sudden Impact.
2: So where do you get those from? Anywhere. Yep. Hard, hardware stores, nurseries, uh, yeah. garden centres, soil yeah. yards.
0: Yep. Go-go juice. Go-go juice. Mm-hmm. It's a, a liquid mm-hmm. that you
2: mix up and spray on. Oh, oh okay. Would Bunnings sell it? They Most likely. Yep. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: And the sea... Sea mungus. Mungus. What's that stuff? That's a pelletised product. It's so you sprinkle in it around. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's... Fantastic for, for growing vegetables, preparing your soil. Um, yeah. yeah, And it's a product you can
0: use across winter. That's what it was originally designed for, but you can use it all year round.
5: Yeah, because I put on blood and bone and rooster booster and sheep manure and urea and power yep. feed and potash. I put everything on it, but I've never heard of these other ones.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm. And the chili
5: drip, do you know what she uses to spray on them?
0: Yeah, I believe she used Success Ultra.
5: Success.
0: Yes. So that's that's just for general bugs, isn't it? Oh, it's it has its has its purposes, but uh, thrip is one of the targets. Yeah. And Lorraine,
2: that. you if you're going to use it to target a particular pest, you need to look at the instructions on mm. the bottle, and on, only use it for the ones that it is registered for. Okay. Mm. Well, I have had a bit of success
5: with the chili thrip i 'm um, out very early in the morning every day and I spray it with um, white oil and I leave it for about half an hour and then i 'll go back and squirt it off with a hose yep and even even in the really heat of summer i 'll do it including the oil because i 've squirted it off it doesn 't get burnt
2: that 's good well, and mm. the other thing is that if people were going out there and spraying their roses even just with water, it changes the environment. So the chilli thrips are less comfortable. They hopefully find somewhere else.
5: Yes, well, I give them an awful good squirt. I should end up
2: down in and Armadale, I think, after I finish squirting.
5: (laughs) Good on you, Lorraine.
2: You're sending them a very clear message by the sounds of it.
5: Well, look, honestly, I've got nearly 90 roses and hardly any flowers this year and last year. Before that, I never had any
0: problems whatsoever. It's not fair, I know. It comes
5: in really cool, so they they get going. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, good Good luck, Lorraine. I hope that helps. Thank okay, thank you very much. Okay,
0: go well. Cheers. Bye. Yeah. And as I said, we're going to the news at 9 o'clock. Now, Barbara of Coolbulup phoned in in reference to a jade doll plant in a pot about five foot tall, has just one season. The plant has no flowers this year. Should it be cut down a bit to encourage flowering?
2: Well, I, I would just ensure that it's getting sufficient sun uh, and water and that it is perhaps getting the fertiliser that it needs designed for flowering plants as distinct from something like a lawn food, which mm. would just provide uh, leaf growth, green mm. leaf growth. Mm. Um, and high nitrogen can do, do that. that. Yeah. You get beautiful lush growth at the expense of flowering. Nice. Uh, So five foot tall, you could certainly trim it. Uh, Just give it a, a clip back to the size and shape that you want. Give it a, a dose of a complete fertiliser and, yeah, make sure it's got enough water and you should get some flowers, if not this this time next season. Yeah, okay, thank you.
0: Now I think I will give away a $75 gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co., compliments of Linda and Paul Michener our good friends up there at Green Life and their motto is delivering a greener garden and you can have a good uh, squizzy at their website too a lot of information there greenlifesoilco.com.au and you can join up for a free monthly newsletter which is absolutely jam-packed with fabulous gardening tips each month I read it and it's very very informative what could you buy with $75 at Green Life? Where do I start Green Life? They have an extensive range of goodies for you to explore from tools and gadgets through to native fish for your ponds and worm funds, seeds and seedlings, uh, natural pest control solutions, and all the soil supplies and amendments uh, you will ever need all in one place. For example, your mulches and manures and composts and fertilizers and minerals, etc. Okay. The third caller through with the right answer will win the $75 Green Life Soil Coat voucher. It's a true or a false. Now, you must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. And it's a true or false. Thank you to John. The question is, the hazelnut is not really a nut. True or false? We do like to be tricky. The hazelnut is not really a nut. True or false? Give Beb a call on 94841927. And you could be going shopping at Green Life Soil Co. Compliments of Linda and Paul Michener.
2: Now, Ray, John did bring us in some information about the cherry, cherry tree Royal Crimson. Yeah. And it is uh, it it was a new release, low-chill variety that successfully puts up good crops in areas with a warmer winter. Self-fertile produces tasty red fruit with an estimated chill period of 200 to 300 hours and so John's saying that's the nights below five degrees so yeah. you just work out how many nights are below that and work out the hours and our full sun well fertilized um, correct pruning regular fertilizing and watering will result in an abundance of fruit. So there we go. Wonderful.
0: Okay, let's get some news, shall we? (music) Temperature has jumped up to 19.8 degrees at the moment, heading for a sunny maximum today of 28. And the minimum overnight will be 15. Sunny tomorrow with a maximum of 33. And you can look forward to a very warm day on Monday with a maximum of 37. On Tuesday, it drops down to 34. On Wednesday, 31. So we're going to peak... Um, Monday and Tuesday are going to be warm days and hopefully then it starts to drop down a little bit. But the rest of the week is looking so far in its 30s and our rainfall for March so far, thanks, John, is 1.6 mils. Yay! Who got 1.6? I'm not sure that we did. not, Not me. That's for absolute sure. Okay, we will be chatting uh, very soon to Joanne Harris from Guildford Garden Nursery Meanwhile we're in Bunbury John, good morning. The winners? Yeah, you know I've got a bit of
1: a I'm a a, a, a bit dumbfounded by what this is. I have a lilac tree near my carport it has a horizontal uh, root uh, that is coming above the ground and from the end of where that disappears into the ground, there is a, bla- a brown track that zigzags right across the backyard. Would that be white inch It's like, uh... you, you, you know, you remember when they, they used to do rabbit poisoning, they'd run a, 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 like a single flower plow across the paddock and drop, uh, well, this is like somebody's run a little mini disc and it's brown, very yeah. black. John, what I'd,
2: I'd guess that it is would be just the black ants or some some sort of other ants that have nested because I actually have tracks like this across my firebreak and into my gardens and lawn. And the, the ants, um, it's quite funny how a lot of ants traversing a track can actually make a ridge in the ground but where they're nesting, they will make piles up and it can be a, a long line. So, yeah. you know, you should be able to work that out by perhaps digging with a little hand spade. Um, so, yeah. yeah, go and do a bit further investigation and I think you'll find out who's done it.
1: Yeah, I've got some yates for the uh, roach and ant dust.
2: No, no, before you do that, you need to determine what the pest is it's no good using a product if it turns out not to well, be I'm ants.
1: Le- I'm legally blind for the start, so. But but as I said, it's a it's it's de- it's a depression. It's it's like a the track is is like a groove in the in the lawn, and it's brown. And and as I said, yes, it does go over to the corner where the, I think there might have been ants' nest there. So uh, yeah, all right. Well. Hmm. <clears throat> you yeah, think it's a match so yeah, that's very possible.
2: Okay. Well, thank you for your call and hope you work out what it is.
1: Thank you. Much. Thanks, John.
0: Great.
1: Cheers.
2: <laughs> and we
0: do have a winner. Uh, congratulations to Roma of Yokine, $75 gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co. will be coming to you this week. The question was, the hazelnut is not really a nut, true or false? False. False. False? Yeah, well, the, the hazelnut is not really a nut. That's false. It is actually a nut. But we were having <laughs> a conversation about nuts off air and uh, uh, my name sprang up a couple of times. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, and uh, it's it's quite a, uh, what's the word? Oh, complicated area. Mm. But the hazelnut is in factually is a nut. So good on you, Roma. Now, we're heading to... Guildford Garden Centre. We're saying good morning to Joanna, Joanne, I should say, Harris. Good morning, Joanne. All a bit busy at this end. How are you?
2: Good morning. I'm really well. How are you, girls? Very good, and congratulations yeah. on thirty years, Joanne. What an amazing milestone.
8: Well, thank you very much. You know, we're we're there by. The the teams that we've had and the community sport that um, support that we've had too. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's wonderful. And you know what we've decided to do is give back to the community. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this week's going to be quite exciting for us.
2: So thirty years in business. Like you must have been so young to em- embark on something like this. Yeah.
8: You have to be young. Yes. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I was in my
8: mid-thirties. Took a a fairly big career jump, and I was on maternity leave actually at the time.
0: On and the what? Sorry,
8: I was on I was on maternity leave. Oh,
0: yes, maternity leave. Oh, wow.
8: Yeah, and um, we walked past this nursery that looked like it needed a bit of, needed a bit of love and attention, and I asked for a job and got one and which I hadn't, just a part-time, and I'd take the bub in with me on my back and
0: Aww. help out.
8: And six months later, the people realised that it wasn't quite what they wanted to do, and I thought, oh, no, I've got three young children. There's no way I could do this. And the last thing I said to my father after having a holiday with them over in Noosa was, no, I won't be doing this. And by the time I got back, I put an offer in for the <laughs> And uh, I've not looked back. I love it. I love it immensely and I love it more now and I love the industry and the people in it and the people we meet through it um, more than I did at the beginning I'm really passionate about our industry and um, and you know the staff that work with me are the same way and you can tell that by the sort of service they give and yeah I can't talk highly enough about the people around me and the industry i love it and sure. i guess
0: you've seen it all too you know in in that time that's th- over 30 years the the cycles cyclical changes
8: changes, changes yeah the trends and, you know, there's yeah. been some ups and downs in yeah, the industry hard times and yes at the moment i love the fact we're having a bit of a buoyant time I'm and sure, that, uh, unfortunately hmm. for a lot of people but covid um, did a lot of good for our industry, and it it yeah. gave us the opportunity to show people what you know how healthy it is to get out and garden, and how great it is to do that. And a lot of people have come on board and really started gardening because of that time. So yeah,
0: there's no turning
8: back. Come out and trends, yes, it's interesting, and and the way we buy has been interesting. You know, when I first started, I would get two of this and one of that and three of those. And now it's just a
0: whole different story, you know. Truckload. <laughs> what do people like? What what are, what are people? What's popular now? Look, edibles. Edibles, yeah, are
8: yes. really, really
0: popular. Yeah. Um, yeah. And unusual edibles
8: too. We get a lot of questions. A lot of people sending in emails or calling us, wanting to know where certain things are, um, or if we have them. And, you know, we don't have everything, but we also know where we can go for those things. So, you know, there's other places out there that carry lots of really interesting stock also. Kaz One is one of them. He's got some fabulous different fruit things out there. Um, yeah, so edibles, I think, are probably the, um, the biggest thing in the last two to three years. Okay.
2: Uh, just yeah. for me personally, Linda, I'm uh, Joanne. I'm I'm back on the. I'm going to grow in pots. Can you suggest some some things that are just like the best for growing in pots? Starting now, maybe fruit trees that are going to be early fruiting, or vegetables or yeah. herbs.
8: Yeah, you can certainly grow lots of um, different fruit trees in pots. Um, I guess the the other one that I like is the blueberries into pots. Um, they're much easier to grow in pots.
0: Yeah.
8: Um, and, yeah, fruit trees, uh, there's lots of dwarf fruit trees now, so it makes it easy for you, even if you've only got a small um, yard, a small area to, to allocate to gardening. Um, you can grow lots of fruit trees, you know, apples, uh, apricots, cherries, all sorts of things. Um, citrus, you know, you can get lots of dwarf citrus now too. Will um, the
2: dwarf I citrus growing. produce yeah. enough or good, you know, because I want a decent amount.
8: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's no point growing if you've got only one for each grandchild, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, no, look, my understanding when I talk to growers, because I ask that same question, are we going to get enough fruit on a dwarf fruit tree for, to make it worthwhile for a family to grow it? And his answer to me was that many of the growers are now starting to grow the semi-dwarf because they can actually fit more in, and they're finding that they're producing really good amounts. And it's easier, of course, to manage them too. It's easier exactly. to exactly mm. easier to maintain the fruit tree as it is. So. Um, my answer is yes. You'll get good amounts off it.
2: Okay. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Tell us about the celebrations this week, and if people were to attend uh, Guildford Town Hall, uh, what is going to be happening? Well, we kicked it. We kicked off our celebrations
8: last um, Wednesday, which was our birthday. Yes. And um, we put up on our website. Um, there is a silent auction. Uh, so you can go on the front um, page on the home page of our website, and either scan the QR code or simply click on the QR code, right. and that will take you through to the um, to the, the silent options. And we have all sorts of things on there. We've got a beautiful big wind chime called Temple Gong. You know, it's valued at two sixty seven dollars. Two hundred sixty seven. There's a beautiful bench. There's a fountain. Um, the, I love the, the package. We've got a package of goods from from the Green Life Soil Company and a package of herbs and veggies from uh, Swan Valley Nursery, and we've put them together as a, a package for you. Yeah. So there's some wow. really good things on that. Then tomorrow, um, which is our fundraising day, and it's an initiative through the Garden Centres of Australia, uh, which we are a member of, and uh, there, this initiative... Uh, called Garden Relief, and this year we're raising funds for the Mito Foundation, which is where all the money from the um, the silent auction will go. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow we've got things for kids on, you know, um, guess the amount of lollies in a jar. I guess that could be more than just for kids, couldn't it? It
0: could. <laughs>
8: <laughs> and then there's a, a really lovely um, uh, treasure hunt so you find it really a question. So you run around the nursery and find different things, like your favourite fruit tree. Find it in the nursery, spell it, all that sort of thing. And there's a present, uh, a prize for everybody that enters those. And that's a diggers a packet of digger's seeds.
0: Oh, great!
8: Um, and then we've also got a uh, a colouring competition for kids from the age of whenever up to 12, um, which should be really lots of fun because we're going to put all of the our finalists into the hall, into the Guildford um, Hall, and at the end of the week, we're having a gathering. Um, and all the people that are coming to the gathering will get to vote on who actually wins the uh, the drawing competition.
2: Oh, how um, lovely!
8: So that should be fun. And then during the week, um, we've um, hired the Guildford Town Hall for the week. Yes, and we have got a whole lot of support. From the likes of Wossu well, McDougall's coming to talk, and she's going to be talking on on seed libraries and seed banks, um, and in particular the, the uh, seed bank that we have at the Swan at the Guilford Library. Mm-hmm. Casey Lister is going to be talking about seasonal growing and cooking. Casey is a really lovely um, uh, author who has written a, a cookbook on growing and then taking it to the table. So it's like a seasonal cookbook. Um, We've got uh, Little Veggie Patch. Michael Bradley is going to come and talk about wicking beds. Um, Of course, the lovely Linda and Paul Michener, they're going to come in and uh, talk about uh, prepping your garden for veggies. Uh, Darren Senior is going to talk on Waterwise Gardens on Tuesday. And Mark Tuchek is going to be doing Tucker Bush. So we've got six talks throughout the week, and before and after, there'll be horticulturists in the hall to come and talk all things gardening. Wow, you've got
0: that's food. fabulous.
8: So we've got four hours for the three days, um, and then we finish it off with a gathering for industry, past and present staff and suppliers, and all people like yourself and Ray, who have supported the nursery over the years. And it's just a way of saying thank you and celebrating
2: our industry. Wow, Linda, big congratulations to you because, mm. yeah, I can just imagine the ups and downs. And when COVID kicked in, you kind of just went from strength to strength, like changing your business model and, and upskilling and going online and, oh, working through yeah. it all. Wow.
8: Wow, and it's been a great ride, though. And like I say, you know, no one can do that on their own. And I have amazing people next to me. You know, Uh, this would not have happened without the help of Kathy Cox, um, Mm -hmm. who the industry will know who I mean. Kathy um, has worked in the industry for many years, and she's helped me through this. And my daughter, Caitlin, both my daughters, actually, Emma also, um, who are both in the industry now they 're in the business and they love it as much as me, so I feel like i've eventually you know when I really want to I can move out of um working and um, have a succession plan where the girls take over the nursery
2: well that's fantastic oh, lovely yeah. and if listeners yeah. would
0: like to know more about the chats that are happening this week at the Guilford Town Hall. Can they access that on your website or they can give you a call? Absolutely. So no, it's...
8: they can give us a call, but they... you might be best. It's all on the website. If you go onto the home page, again, you can just click on these four um, news items on the front page and they're all about this week. So you can click on each one right. and it'll take you through to all the information. Okay, um,
0: yeah. au. That's correct, yeah. I oh hope on. to see you both there on Friday night. It'll be great.
2: Yes, yes. We, we look forward We're, to that. I've replied. We'll see you then. Look forward Excellent. to it. Okay, okay, that's fantastic. Thanks, thanks very much. For having Joey. Us on today. Oh, and look, I just wanted to say,
8: we've talked about me, but I wanted to say the raising of funds is all for the Mito Foundation. And that's right, so what
0: is the Mito Foundation?
8: Okay. Um, Mito Foundation is something that I've just learned about also and not a lot of people do. No. So I'm glad, I really appreciate being able to talk about it. Um, mitochondrial disease, it's a, 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 it's a very unknown thing. It's a group of quite complex and really debilitating genetic disorders, right? Mm. Now, the mit- mit- mitochondria is in the cells and it sits around the nucleus of every cell in your body. And it's what gives your body energy, and when they don't function properly, your body doesn't function, and that's when there's all sorts of devastating effects on families. You know, it's including certainly premature death of children, long-term health issues, childhood dementia, which is pretty sad, um, and and literally just a poor quality of life. I spoke with a woman yesterday who lives in Guildford. And um, she has lived with um, the mitochondrial disease for 16 years and she's now deaf from it. Okay. So... It's a new, it's not a new disease, obviously. It's not the
0: awareness of, of it is not high.
8: Mm. No, it's not. So I'm really, thank you for taking that extra time and letting me just say a little yeah. bit about it. Mm. Um, and it's, if you want to learn a bit more about um, Mito, it's um, au, and you can go on there and there's some good information. We'll have some information and any, you know, gold coin donations towards it would just be fantastic.
0: Joanne, you're a bit of a star. Thank you. We appreciate you. very much having you on board. Good luck with this week, and uh, we will catch you on Friday afternoon, lovely. And evening. Thanks, Enjoy right, the lovely, rest look forward of your I'll be listening. You Bye. too. All right. Take care, young Talk lady. Bye for now, Joanne. Cheers. Thanks, Liz. Thanks. Bye. And we'll be back in a moment.
2: Cutting Radio.
0: And it's twenty four minutes after nine. George Rinaldi will be joining you at ten AM with a classic sixties from Talknoon. We go country with Brendan T and Born in Boots. Now Marjorie phoned in from Karen Up. Could we mention the products that Patsy uses in her rose garden? Doesn't have access to our podcast. Okay, the probiotic was called go-go juice, and the tonic is Mungus, and the food rose food is sudden impact. Those are the products that Patsy works her garden with Mm. and with good results. Yeah, so there you go, Marjorie. I hope you got them down with your pen and paper. And one of our dear volunteers has sent us a picture. Uh, Teresa, good morning to you. Um, It's a fiddle leaf fig. A fiddle leaf fig is your gorgeous, healthy plant. And uh, I have one as well. Uh, I brought mine in for a few weeks. It did not like that inside the house. It's got to be in the right position. But you know what? An absolute... Um, Guaranteed killer, I had air conditioning going. Oh, boy, do they not like that. So, my fault. So, Uh, did you need to
2: get a humidifier there to compensate for your air conditioning? Do you think? do i need to yes. Uh,
0: well yes Faye, it's on the list mm. i got some grow lights uh, arrived <gasps> yes yeah, so what did you get well there's two sets of grow lights some are stronger than others but therefore, some of my indoor plants it's all i'm learning and it's all ex- you know not experimental you can not experiment on these plants but you know as you know I'm, I'm sort of starting to collect a few different unusual plants and mm. uh so yes i've got two different types of grow lights and uh so what yeah. what What, what? What, what? Well, I don't know. I don't know what they, when you say what, what, they're they're grow light's full spectrum. One is full spectrum and the other one is a stronger type of light and I think that is more if you wanted to grow inside uh, veggies and things like that if you want to. People can grow a vegetable garden in the house if they want to. Yeah, under specific grow lights. Yeah, so and how
2: big are they? Uh, and what
0: style? Like,
2: is it? Uh... Well, they have
0: like um, arms. You actually just um, secure the base of it onto a table or mm-hmm. whatever, and then you have these bendy arms. And you can move them around the plants, you know, probably about 20 centimetres away from the plants. And depending on the type of plant you have, whether you want your plant to flower or whether it's for foliage and how much sun exposure, light exposure. And there's red lights, there's blue lights, there's white lights. It all depends. You know, you've got to learn all of this. So It sounds like a disco run. Yeah. So how
2: many arms?
0: Uh, Three. The ones I bought have three.
2: And so... Do each of the lights do something different? No, oh. no, no, They,
0: but they, they're, they're broad enough that you have it over a group of plants and you could turn it on so that it happens during the middle of the night, for example, when you're asleep. So, mm. they're just getting that extra, they're getting the, the light so that they can photosynthesize properly uh, just as they would if they were out, outside, but uh, this is done in a far more uh, careful manner. So, who have you got under those lights? I haven't got anyone under them at the moment, but I do have, uh, I want to try a, a Thai constellation that I have, and I want to try an Monstera aurea, which is the mm. yellow and green leaf, and I have a couple of the eprepremnums that you and I have talked about, the variegated ones. I want to try it with that. I want to try it also with my perezo verde that I have Mm. and a few different plants uh, like that. What else? I'm just trying to think as I'm talking to you what else I've got sitting there. Uh, Yeah, but just plants that I think need a little bit of extra uh, oomph and not plants that could sit out, certainly sit outdoors Mm. or certainly sit even have to be careful of putting them into the shade house because a lot of these plants are very sensitive to light. Yet yeah, they need bright light, but it has to be indirect.
2: Well, and they need humidity, they and need they need a certainly certain overnight temperature. And of course, with the the mm. nights getting cooler, yeah, like I'm starting to think about mine and who will tolerate being outside. Well, and yes, he, who needs to be uh, brought warmer, in mm. in indoors or hot house. And I'm mm. having
0: lots of success with a beautiful caladium that I bought some time ago, and I haven't had success in the past, but it's really key is the position. It's I've got it east-facing uh, in a bathroom window, if you like, and he's just going from strength to strength. And I know he will uh, die down in winter, but he's very, very handsome, and I'm very happy with that. But as I say, I have plants spotted all around the house, and it depends on the light. And sometimes it's mm. experimental. I don't always have... Uh, complete success. I have lost a few. Uh,
2: I don't. Sure. I just don't have light in my house. It's yeah, a very old yeah, house, and we've yeah, got. I understand, but verandas you've got you've got and, the
0: verandas, and you've got it all happening outside your house. Yes, from what I saw on the yes. video that you sent through to me last night. Well, the
2: verandas have just turned into a shade house. Yeah. So yeah, very minimal access. I can walk through. I <laughs> I can almost get my mower through if I move (laughs) things a little you know because I don't like to knock into the leaves so I have to push everything back. Yeah. Oh it's just it's quite heavenly out there though. (laughs) Yeah it
0: it absolutely looks at love. Now I think what I'll do because it uh, is uh, an opportunity at the moment I can see that the phone lines are quiet as I think we'll give away a $75 gift voucher to Bigger Trees compliments of the gorgeous Kerry up there at Bigger Trees. Must be a Curtin FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. They specialise in glorious frangipanis, ornamental and fruit trees. Great stock arriving every week. New in this week are the Proteas. They have King White, King Pink, and Little Prince. And also they have some new Leucodendrons, Harlequin, Devil's Blush, Strawberry Fair. So exquisite and so successful. And they've also got a large collection of camellias. We're going into camellia season in various sizes. Some are starting to flower even, and many are absolutely budding up, full of buds. Will be a great display. Lots of color to see, frangies and crepe myrtles still, bougainvilleas and hibiscus. Treat yourself to a stroll through Bigger Trees Nursery. Now you can have a browse, biggertrees.com.au. They've got a lot of online options and a great Facebook page. Now here is something different that John has created we're going to play for a moment an instrumental and we want to know what that instrumental is called we won't worry about the artist we just want to know what this instrumental is called if you know the answer give a call on 94841927 have a little listen Okay, there you go. I hope that was enough to get you get your little fingers pressing the dial. Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. Yeah, I love that instrumental. Absolutely love it. It's a it's a very very sexy one. And uh, if you can tell us what it is, that seventy five dollar gift voucher from Bickertrees is on its way to you this
2: week in the mail. Now, Ray, we have uh, some photos sent in by Dominic, and he's having trouble with his roses. Uh there's, yes, there's yes. a couple of different bushes. Um one has not flowered and not flowered inspire cutting away the suckers. Uh advice identifying suckers to cut out and any chance of getting it to flower. Well, the photo that's been sent, I'm not, I'm not sure if he's put some cardboard down so that it's easier for us to see what's going on here. Yeah, I'm not sure it's, of that either. Uh, It looks like it's been pruned, like there's some really hard pruning being done on some of the older growth, which is probably good. But I would go in with a sharp saw and I would make those cuts cleaner and sort of with a saw, like cut into it to stimulate the base. Now, there's a lot happening down at the base. There are a lot of... um, prunings and what we do we go in and we remove the oldest thickest one to encourage new growth uh, because we want to create a new framework like i said there's a lot going on down here mm-hmm. so i would choose a couple of strong but younger ones and clean clean it up yeah the other thing that's happening new growth and it looks like on another bush perhaps yeah is it's it's crinkly. So, yes, potentially there are signs of chili thrip there. First of all, go in and cut out the it looks like the thickest one that's very brown and grey. So it's been there a long time and it's probably not doing that. So what you're then doing is you're renewing the bush and encouraging some new growth. And I'd go out there a couple of times a day, and like Patsy said spray under and over the leaves because that water uh, will change the environment. We won't change what's happening there now mm. but for the future we may be able to inhibit the growth and of course the nights are getting cooler. We've had a little bit of wet weather so it's we're moving towards weather that is not conducive for the reproduction of chilli thrips. It mm. will slow down. The other thing to do is make a well around the plant, get some wetting agent in there, hose it really well, make sure that the, the soil profile is getting wet and uh, give it maybe something like the, we've talked about this morning, something like a, a probiotic and a tonic, something yeah. like go-go juice and mm. um, sea was mm. something that Patsy was using. And that was making her roses stronger. And then in a couple of weeks, uh, a feed, which will probably be about the last one for the season. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully he can get some new growth and fresh new growth. Now, we do
0: have a winner, Patchery of East Perth. Congratulations. $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees is on its way to use this week. And, of course, the instrumental we played was Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. Green Onions, one of my... all time faves, so good on you, Patchery of East Perth.
2: Oh, well, well done. Yeah, very okay. good. Okay, now you've
0: got another email there.
2: I do. This has come in from Gwenda. She's got a very nice looking, healthy green ficus. Uh, looks like a, a baby Ben or something along those lines. Um, it is in a pot inside, and her neighbour said she should trim trim the top and make it bushy. Well, yeah, certainly she could take a, a little bit off the top yeah. um, and that would encourage some new growth and keep it bushy while it is growing. It doesn't look overly tall. It's sort of up to the height of around the light switch, so up up to you. But I would also give it a spell outside, uh, move it in and out a couple of times just to give it the, the light and the airflow. And I would also get ready to consider potting it into the next size pot because the pot doesn't look that big and mm. in uh, the short, the near future it'll probably want some some fresh potting mix and you can get some uh, good quality indoor potting mixes mm. yes, so that's can. what I'd be looking at mm. and then a little bit bigger pot so I'd probably have a second plant to swap in and out too mm. so there you go Gwenda, permission to go shopping <laughs> Uh also she has some caterpillars and there are a lot of these around at the moment. Yes. Uh, Cluster caterpillars, um, armyworm potentially is around as well. So one of the the safest sprays to put on your plants is an organic certified product, Caterpillar Killer uh, or Dipel. That will work when the caterpillars are very small Mm. and they ingest it and it sort of gives them a tummy ache and they die over a few days. You need to reapply it after rain or after irrigation. So what about these fat boys? Well, uh, pick them off. They're getting close to the end of their cycle, so Mm. they've been there a while and they've done their damage. Mm. Um, The birds will eat them. And also if you see wasps flying around and fluttering their wings over your lawn, uh, an orange wasp is out at the moment and it's got dark bluish wings that sparkle in the light as it's flapping and that is hovering around looking to lay eggs in the caterpillars that are in your lawn. Mm -hmm. So it's an indication you've got a good supply of worms in your lawn Mm -hmm. which will be eating away. They'll probably come out at night and they'll turn into little moths so you might even have a resident willy wagtail like we have that um, flits around on the lawn, disturbs Mm -hmm. and then takes care of the moths. So... If I'm out hand watering, I sometimes see the moths fly away and the birds, and never far behind. Okay. No, that's good.
0: That's good. All right. Uh, 94841927 is our number. We're heading to North Perth. Good morning, Brian. Hi,
4: how are you? Which lady am I talking to? You've got Ray and Faye. We're both here. Okay. Hello to both of you. Thank you for a wonderful program. Thank you, Brian. I'm not trying to be a smart-ass, a smart bugger. Sorry, I shouldn't have used that word on the radio. But because um, my knowledge of gardening is very slim and I'd never go up against you girls at all. <laughs> but a couple of, I think it was last week, he had a question about whether pineapples were berries or not. And the answer gave, that was given was yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, by definition, a berry has to have a seed inside it. So, I wonder where the seeds would be in those berries on a on a pineapple.
2: Do you know I'm going to throw this straight back to John because yeah. he's the one who comes up with the question when you know when we talk about the these terms capsules, berries, droops, palms, cetera, yeah. you know very often these are botany terms um and yeah. they're quite quite yeah. specific um you know, I would be referring back to my books to be able to deliver a, an eloquent answer, but I'm happy to do that.
4: Okay. Thank you very much. As I said, I'm I'm not to, trying to be a smarty pants, but um, it's just something I thought that's what it was, but um, I could well be wrong. And as you say, the, I'm sure lots of the terms have different meanings with different plants and stuff.
2: Yes like what we you know when we talk about uh fruits and vegetables for example if we were speaking in botany terms uh the the fruiting part that develops is called a fruit even though it might be a vegetable but that's when yeah. we're talking botany so yeah yeah but it's a big subject and we tend, well, I try not to get into the nitty-gritty here. Oh, look, John's just whizzed in an answer here. A pineapple is neither a pine nor an apple, but a fruit consisting of many berries that have grown together. This also means yeah. that pineapples are not a single fruit, but a group of berries that have fused together. The technical term for this is a multiple fruit or a collective fruit. Um so what Depends
0: how technical we want to
2: get. Yeah, but so a group of berries. So, mm. But yeah. what Brian's saying is the berry would contain a seed. Mm. So, all right. Mm. We'll move along and I'll see if I can find anything else that... More um, definitive. Yeah, comes from this. Yeah. Okay, thank you for bringing that up, Brian. Yeah.
4: Thanks for this morning. That chat with Patsy was wonderful. Oh, good. So cool. Answered so many questions for me. Oh, good.
0: Yes, no, she's she's uh, a, a, a fountain of wisdom.
4: Okay, you thank girls you. have a great weekend, Thanks. and I enjoy your program so so much.
2: Oh,
4: good on you, Brian. thank you very thank much, you. Brian.
2: Thanks for your call.
0: Okay. okay, we'll be back in a moment. Mm.
4: Curtain Radio,
0: and we are back. Free lines, 94841927. We've got a few more emails to crack
2: through. We do, we
0: do. Sorry, Ray, I just need to... No, I know, it's a bit of one of those mornings. We've got papers flying in all directions.
2: Well, okay, here's one from Rob and he would appreciate our advice. He has a large, very healthy-looking fig tree. Masses of branches and leaves. Effectively, no fruit barring a few small green figs. We've had excellent crops in previous years and any advice would be appreciated. So, okay, so it hasn't got many fruits on it, but it does have fruit. Now, I do wonder if this tree had been pruned. Mm. Uh, I I always prune my figs in winter. I do a very, very hard cut back. If you don't cut back hard you can and you don't cut back all the growth, you can get what's called a brie, but crop, which is um, on the, the older growth, you will get some figs developing. So you can get an early breba crop, Right. but then from what you've pruned back, you get new growth and you get more figs. Mm-hmm. And this has helped along by fertilising mm. and by heat and sun sunlight and water. So yes, it's healthy. I do wonder what it's been fed. And like we often talk about... Has it had a complete fertiliser? Something uh, that is designed for flowering plants because it has potassium in it and this encourages fruiting and hanging on to fruit. If it gets, for example, next to a lawn and it's getting lawn fertiliser, then you might get a a lot of growth that is caused by nitrogen. Green, lush, leafy growth at the expense of fruits. So I think it's probably just having an off year. I think those fruits uh, might develop, although they're late. I also yeah. wonder if there's other there's shade caused by other trees, which might be a factor. But Rob, prune hard in winter, uh, mulch at that time, improve your soil. You know, I might add a bag of manure and then uh, straw over the top of that. Keep the water up to it. Feed it in springtime, and guaranteed over summer. Keep the water up to it, you'll you'll get fruits developing.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Welcome. We're in Warwick, Hazel. You'd like to talk about blueberries? Yes. Um, I've got two blueberry bushes which I bought two years ago. Yes.
9: Yes. Um, the first one I bought was uh, I bought in Guildford. And um, it was deciduous, so there was no leaves on it. Yes. It didn't get any leaves on it until end of November, which I was concerned about. And then it had a few fruit, but not many. And um, the other one I bought later, called Northland, it, it did very well. Um, but this year, I'm concerned because the uh, one I bought in Guildford, which I can't remember what the variety was, um, it 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 um, got leaves at the end of November again, no fruit whatsoever, and the um, the Northland one, it 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 hardly had, had any fruit. What I think might be happening is I've got a peppermint tree and it's under the peppermint tree and from December onwards I've got a huge um, umbrella quite close and I'm thinking perhaps I haven't let
2: them have enough sun. Well, certainly fruiting plants do need good amounts of sunlight. Is it in the ground or in a pot?
9: They're in pots and I I took that out of the pots that they were in and put um, camellia and azalea mix Good, in. yep. And I've used um, the right fertiliser for the particular tree, but I think my the the, the northern one now is quite quite um, late, and it needs to prune. Okay. The it's... other one is losing its leaves so I, think, I don't know whether I can prune that or not, but
0: so, yep. Hazel, this is a really bad line. I think, do you have the radio on in the background?
2: Um, well, I, I can answer this. We okay, can go let ahead. Hazel go. Okay. And Hazel, if you listen to the radio, yeah. I will have a have a talk about uh, blueberries, perhaps after the break, right?
0: Yeah, okay, yep. we can do that. So okay. stay tuned, Hazel, just that you've got a very bad line that's breaking up.
2: Yeah, actually, when I, when I went through, she couldn't
0: she couldn't get my name properly because of the line. And there's something in the background I can hear. I don't know whether you've got a radio on or something. Okay, Hazel, thank well, you so much. Good morning is my esteem. I to you. I see. Yes, Absolutely. good on you. Yeah. Take care, Hazel. Absolutely. Okay, um, we'll uh, get you to respond to that. Uh right
2: now? If you like. Okay. Well, blueberries do need a good amount of light. They yeah. will... They will live almost in um, open air. Probably not, I wouldn't suggest putting it out for Monday where it's going to be 37, but after that, they'll tolerate good amounts of light. Uh, If the potting mix is not doing its thing, I would look at upgrading that. But as she's done it not so long ago, it might be all right. But just have a look. See if the roots are coming out of the, the bottom of the pot. Ensure that the potting mix is taking the water when you're feeding it, mm. or otherwise it might need uh, a tonic with a wetting agent in it, just to help re-wet that soil. Uh, she said she's got the right fertilizer, and there is a very good liquid available from a uh, blueberry gr- grower. Yes, yes, uh, that would um, is the bee's knees. Uh, at this time, she said it was um, one of them was losing their leaves. If they finish flowering and fruiting, give them a good cut back go into the centre, cut out anything that's dead, dying, diseased, prune them back by about a third, give them uh, a seaweed drink and then feed them up when they start to get their, their new leaves again. Mm. And I think they they should be fine.
0: Okay, thank you. And Franco Bellagura is asking, can the large leaves that drop off the ficus tree be used in compost? Are they toxic?
2: I don't think think they're toxic Uh, and what I would do well I don't think they're toxic Uh, I would munch them up with a um, like a blower shredder and put them in they'll break down or throw them into a worm farm as they break down the worms will eat up anything organic
0: yeah okay all right we will be back shortly You've been listening to Let's Talk Gardening. You are with Ray and Faye. And uh, actually, no, that's okay. I will get back to George's busily behind me, taking away my
2: sponsor. (laughs) All right, Faye, go ahead. Well, Brian, I hope you're still listening. John has come in with, do pineapples have seeds? Yes, some pineapples do have seeds, though you won't be able to find them from the outside of the fruit. They're generally aren't found in store bought pineapples and the reason for this is the result of commercial cultivars like watermelons grapefruits grapes and oranges they've been bred to not express undesirable traits like pesky seeds you have to dig them out before eating so there we go traditionally pineapples did have seeds. It's been bred out of them. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Today's program, Let's
0: Talk Gardening, is sponsored or was sponsored, let's say, by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery and a free bag of your product when buying six bags or more.
2: Now, we had an inquiry from Helen and she is starting a large garden on the coast near Dunsborough and would like to plant a Royal Poinciana as a feature tree to view from many windows in the house. Her husband thinks that it will be too far south and though we are coastal, it w- wouldn't be warm enough. What are my thoughts um, or suggestions for something else, crepe myrtle or forest pansy? Well, you know what? I, I'd i be tempted to give it a go. I, you know, they're growing around Perth for sure mm. and with the way temperatures are, being coastal... Temperatures tend to stay more stable. Mm. So I wouldn't I would wouldn't start with a small, small tree. No. I would get something a little so bit more. So you would try? St- I would try it mm. um, because mm. you don't know. But create, try and create a microclimate. If there's any chance of putting it against a brick wall, which uh, would take in, say, the, the morning sun and heat up, then you can maintain a warmer environment. So creating a microclimate that would assist us, assist it and also perhaps protection from strong winds, particularly to get it started. It's possible.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, a lot of people said, oh, you can't grow this or you can't grow that. And a lot of people are Proving just... Proving them wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But with a bit of nous, um and a bit of planning, it's possible. Okay. You know, I actually had a a pile of tree prunings dropped on my verge some years ago. And I had a pumpkin vine grow through two winters. And if you think about the principle of of uh, a mulch pile maintaining heat, mm. and in the center of that pile there was a lot of stored heat. It it got through winter. Can you believe that? Pumpkin.
0: Mm. Well, I've got pumpkin vines. I told you I put some seedlings in for butternut pumpkins and they're still going crazy. I've got pumpkins coming out of my ears at the moment. Oh, yeah. yay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure John will
2: be able to do something with that. Well, that's pumpkin true. Scones. I shall bring
0: some in, mm. yes, because I'm going to have excess harvest. There you go. Yeah, wow. And I don't, I'm don't. i not a veggie exciting. grower, as you know. Uh, Peter Kelly, he's a morning producer. This morning he was assisting Chris Bartlett. He sent some photos in of his garden and we just... Think you're a big show off, Peter. But good <laughs> on you, your garden is absolutely beautiful. And he said he's been inspired by listening to Patsy Durack's uh, information that she gave out this morning. So good on you, and uh, your garden is an absolute. Uh, credit to you he's situated up there in roly which is a magnificent part of the world mm. very oh, nice it looks you lovely. dark horse he, you Peter. he's he yeah. we've
2: got a few gardeners, gardeners gardening horses in our celebrities volunteer here, haven't range. We? yes we yeah. do
0: yes we do no never underestimate never underestimate who people are and where they have come from You know what what day it's been this week? I do know what you're going to say. We had uh, St. Patrick's Day yesterday and that means... It's time to plant your
2: sweet peas. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a packet here. They love an alkaline soil. So get out there with your lime and improve the soil and plant some sweet peas. If you want something more edible, I can highly recommend the Snow Pea Oregon. Um, because I found that it to be resistant to powdery mildew. So we planted these seeds a couple of weeks ago and they came up within days. So great for kids to get a bit of of um, instant gratification but also learning a little bit of patience.
0: And I noticed you brought in this great big block of uh, coir
2: I thought we were going to have to talk amongst ourselves, Ray. Well, we were told late last night there were no Mm. phone
0: lines or we were going to have to use the phone lines in another studio. But uh, thankfully, uh, from the bottom of my heart, the phone's are working this Mm. morning. What a week it's been here at the station. There's been a lot of issues, my God.
2: But, yes, the, the Koya Pete... Brick, yeah. Uh, very easy. Do? What are you going to use that for? I will probably add that to one of my potting mixes. Um, you know, if mm. if you live in a small space, you don't want to necessarily lug around big bags of potting mix, but mm. you put it in a wheelbarrow or a bucket, add water, and it swells. Yeah. So you get a lot of volume. So, you know, it's, it's about $6 for that. For that brick. Um, but and what is can, his
0: purpose? You just... Do you do you blend that through potting d- mix?
2: I do. See, this is the stuff, Ray, that we often I are know. buying our indoor plants in. So it's I thought it was a bad thing. Not when it's mixed with something else, right? So,
0: but it is on its own.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I would add perlite to that. I'll find some charcoal from an old fire. Um,
0: but you like that because it will hold, help hold a bit of moisture.
2: Yeah, and it's easy. You know, it's easy for me to carry home, yeah. and it's clean. It's not mix? heavy. Yeah. Oh. So if you live in a small space or mm. you want to give someone a present, it's um, it's an additive to a potting mix. Okay.
0: Hmm. Okay. Perfect. Something different. All right. So I think we've gone through our plants. Our work is done. Thank you, everybody, for your company this morning. Another busy morning. We hope you uh, enjoyed uh, our guests and uh, that you had a had a. Uh, ha- if you didn't have a win this week, hopefully one next week with our fabulous prizes that we're giving away each week. All right, I think we're done. George Minoldi, he will be joining you right now with the classic 60s. Look after yourself, everybody, and happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.